podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening and welcome to the safari. You've just heard a warthog <laughs> home the intro song. <laughs> and not as not as uh, melodic as Pumba or Timon from The Lion King, obviously. Uh, this is the forum. This is the four of us. There's myself, there's Shane below me. There is Andy to this side. There is Ray down there. See, Ray, I can do this. And then there's Thank me, you. of course, Phil Casey, your host. Good evening. Welcome along to this week's Party Political Broadcast on behalf of you. <laughs> like. um, so we'll see what cause we're going to be back in this week uh, as we get into it. Of course, it is, it is the forum. There's four topics. Um, there used to be uh, all the various different names we used to call basically a podcast this. But since we're on, 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 the, on the television now, on the, on the YouTubes and on the internets, um, we decided to, to rock and roll with this. So... Um, I guess in the heat of everything that's been going on, it would be remiss of me to not mention the what, what date are we on? We're on the 24th of June. Okay. So we've got nine days left. And of course, the steps for Sienna has been going on right the way through the month. Anything that's bought on the website, there'll be, uh, well, anything that's bought, particularly on the Sienna stuff, there's uh, there's a contribution going towards it. Um, any of the super chats to come in, all that money goes towards the Sienna steps as well. And there's the Eventbrite link, which is um, somewhere on the side. I'm sure Andy will try to open a bit. But the Eventbrite, you can get on, buy a ticket, and all that money, of course, goes along to it. So if you can, or if you haven't, or if you if you if, if payday is coming up or something, and you can spare a few quid, please do it. We're trying to give this girl the best chance and help the family get the best chance for this girl to, um, as she grows up uh, with regards to the conditions she's suffering with at the moment. Um, okay, so that's the that's the bit the the good bit that we want to get out with now onto the rest of what we do so brilliantly, which is talk absolute nonsense. Um, so uh, tonight we have four topics, four very different topics. Uh, first topic up is going to be about around homophones and armbands. The second topic is going to be who we think is going to win the Euros. So we can come back to all the questions around the Danes and, and the Belgians and the English <laughs> and the Scottish and <laughs> all the lads that are still in it um, as to who we think is going to win it. Uh, third topic then is... Talk about the refereeing, and are, so many of our lads um, have been moaning because they hated football and VAR had ruined the whole thing, yet they're all praising the refs and the VAR. So I'm, I'm completely confused. It's like they've all got fire in the brain or something. So it's um, Covar or whatever it is. And then we round up with um, other sports we'll be watching over the summertime. So uh, with that, <laughs> I want to. St- <laughs> Ray is just making an observation there. Ray looks like he's recreating a holiday photo from 1983. <laughs> <laughs> Ray is coming away from Pontus. <laughs> How does that look like that? <laughs> it's just the sofa and the light. Yeah, like, and it's, it, is, it is the light. It's like a really old photograph. Yeah. And, the, yeah, and the creepy t shirt that everyone had when. When uh, his, his son kissed his face as well. It's just like yeah, a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. no, we like, never wore any sun factor on holidays when we were kids. No. There was no you remember, no, you remember how many fields and horses Rodney falls asleep under the, uh, under the tannin bed? That's the that's ultimate. <laughs> oh, uh, really 
To be fair, Ray, I have to say, what part, what, what contents have you gone to do the show from this week? Is <laughs> <laughs> the Clinetly one, is it? <laughs> no, it's Scandinavia. Dublin's being transported into Scandinavia for one day, so I'm now live in Scandinavia. There's an unbelievable amount of daylight for 10 past 10, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, look, to be fair, we were just mentioning it before we came on. Um, it is, of course, the longest day of the year if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. So anyone that's listening to the Southern Hemisphere, good morning. Um, and it's, it's, it is. It's our longest day of the year. Uh, but un- unusually, Finland, who lost tonight, um, or yeah, they were beaten by Belgium, they're going through their no night. So they don't, it's like it's the longest day for the last three months. Imagine, like, Andy, can you imagine if you woke up? in the morning and it was the same light that it is when you go to bed at night like and it's and you, you aren't locked out your head or anything like that and it's not the thing like how would you how would you be able to deal with um constant daylight would it, would it wreck your head i would wreck my head yeah um i, I think i just joined that that time of the year i wouldn't go to sleep i'd say stay awake and then in the winter <laughs> when it's the opposite i'd just go to sleep you'd hibernate hibernate yeah, yeah. <laughs> would that work would you would you eventually adjust to that do you think yeah, sleep in the winter, ha- stay awake I, all summer. If what would you reckon though, if everyone had a hibernated in the winter like that, right? That then half the stuff that went on over the last 12 months would have been a lot easier. Like, if we'd hibernated, think about lockdowns and stuff were a perfect, perfect opportunity for us all yeah. to hibernate. Had they said on Christmas Day, right, lads, that's it, longest day of the year, you've done your drink and the whole lot, this is going to be a shit show for a couple of months, let's hibernate. Yeah, right, and just put a would load you- of nuts beside your bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just water, water and nuts. Would yeah. you go for it? Yeah, I actually would. Yeah, it'd be great. How laughing. many pods a day? How many pods a day would you do then when you when you came out of hibernation? Oh, you'd, yeah. you'd have to catch up. Yeah, we'd have to do two pods a day. Yeah, be, there'd be two forums on a Monday. I'd run out, <laughs> you'd run out of topics, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. No, I think it'd be good. Yeah, all day brightness, all day and night brightness. Mad. Does Shane, it even get a little bit dark? No, no. It's like, do you see what it's like at the moment? Mm. It's brighter than that. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. Like, the t- three o'clock in the morning, you're going out, and it's like, that. Shane, you're a man who sees the early part of the morning all the time. So for you, what, 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 is is this fun? Is, it, is this easier for you to get up in the morning time, or, or is it harder? Or what, what is it like for you? Uh, no, it's, e- it's easier, yeah. It's easier to get up in the mornings. In the summertime, always easier yeah. to get up in the mornings. You, you're the, I mean... <clears throat> I'm not as much of an outdoors person now as you, Phil, but uh, yeah, I, I walk out in the open, so uh, yeah, it much easier in the summer than the cold, freezing cold winters. I halfway of leaving the gaff now, oh, Jesus, no. So this is this is your weather. This is your yeah. time of year. Yeah, excellent. It's 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 the classic. It's it's the, the it's weather the most, show. Yeah, it's the most dangerous. It's Martin King. It's Martin yeah. King. Ah, oh, there you are now, Ray, in your in your cabin there in Pontins. What 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 weather do you like? <laughs> <laughs> and do you like the brightness? <laughs> do you like the brightness, do you? And does your does your missus like the brightness now, or would she be more yeah. for the darkness? Which 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 would she be more in favour of? Right, um, right. Look, I want to move on. First, first serious <clears> top <throat> of, the, of the evening. Um, Andy, uh, you were taken aback initially by the idea that UEFA would have a probe into the armband that Manuel Nero was wearing for the Germans. Um, and, of course, the UEFA have subsequently dropped it. Um, and it probably leads on to a bit of a bigger discussion, which we've been involved in over the last couple of weeks. But this this summer, anyway, it seems 
politics and football seem to have had a much heavier mix than has been over the last few years. So, look, I'll let you lead away um, where you're coming from on this one, and uh, yeah. let's see where we go, where we can go with it. Well, initially, I thought this was going to be a great topic because um, it, it just took me by real surprise that that would sort of thing would be investigating the first place. So, I thought it'd be a really good opportunity to bash away as we love to do. Um, but yeah, yesterday, uh, UEFA, uh, with the help and hand of the media, sent social media into a massive frenzy over a letter to sent to the German FA when they were informed that an investigation was to take place into Manuel Noah wearing uh, a rainbow armband. And the matter is now being closed as the armband was seen as a positive symbol of support and equality. Um, but what did they think it was initially? Like, why were they, <laughs> like, did they, you know, do we know? Like, what was the problem? Um, was it? Uh, what was? The, what was the point of making a big deal out? Because all that's happened, it's brought out all the lunatics and the bigots and everything else and the homophobes saying that uh, it's politics and football. And as we know, equality at this stage is not politics; it's equality. It's about human rights and and you know everyone being good to each other. And um, so, I don't know how many times that needs to be said. And. Um, UEFA publicly support the Pride celebrations with, with different things. Uh, they tweet about it. They run campaigns. The stadiums and all get coloured in Pride. Um, so I don't know why that complaint, which is seemingly came from the Hungarian FA or something, uh, I don't know why that wasn't just completely inadmissible and just binned out and told to fuck off on a merry way back to wherever that complaint came from. It never had to be made a deal of altogether at all, I think. Um, Ray, I don't know how well up-to-date you are with the, the Hungarian political situation <laughs> as it stands at the moment. Um, <laughs> but as, as a quick run-through at the top yeah. level, we won't, we won't go too yeah. deep into it, but Viktor Orban is a um, is, is, is deeply unlikable person, very li- heavily t- leaning towards right-wing politics, doesn't like immigrants, doesn't like homosexuals, doesn't like anyone to, to, that, that wants to be involved in the equality crusade. Um, and given that the... UEFA have been leaning towards moving the final away from Wembley and the semi-finals away from Wembley because um, Boris Johnson has cacked the bed and let um, the Delta variant run wild again in England, right? Um, and their basic uh, premise has been to move the whole lot to Hungary. Was this not just UEFA trying to butter our bread on both sides and then not drop it on the floor? I think, well, I mean, Kev just made the comment that the political symbols are supposed to be banned. Um, you know, it, 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 it made me think, you know, um, that the dates just conveniently miss. But imagine, you know, we've got the World Cup next year starting in November. I mean, would, 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 would England, for example, have been permitted to have the poppy on their shirts if it would have coincided? I, I probably think not. I mean, the, the, there is, there are, <laughs> At the end of the day, um, this probably stemmed from there being, you know, rules around these things and the Hungarians or whoever it was objected took that like absolutely literally without really taking into consideration, you know, the, the, how the world operates these days and the fact that as, you know, as Andy says, equality uh, fairness it's 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 front and center now uh for the vast majority of societies around the world and 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 the reality is um it was it was 
I mean, when I when I seen it, I I was like, wow, that that that's fantastic, and like it's you know it's 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 something I was almost surprised that you know isn't actually being worn by by more teams that it was only you know it just it just sort of was there for the first time by the German team, and and you know I, I actually thought, well, wouldn't it be a better thing if everyone would have worn it, you know, for a, for a round of games. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's people using the rules as a basis to then put forward their own, you know, political kind of motivations, and um, people just end up looking silly. And, I, and I'm glad it has been knocked on the uh, on the head very quickly. Shane, you played ball um, at a decent level. Uh, we all did, um, and uh, attitudes and opinions would have been very different back in the back in the day in terms of the dressing rooms and stuff like that. But ultimately, um players being able to express something which UEFA are convening as a political symbol, it's a bit much when it's there's a, there's always a fine line between p- politics and equality or a struggle, let's say. Right? Mm. But in this instance, the idea of Pride and given that we're in Pride Month as well is a global symbol of equality. Like there's there's no other way to define what this is. This is this is this again goes back to encompassing everyone being able to identify themselves for who they are. And look, you know, I have a lot of different opinions on on various different things, but when it comes down to this type of stuff, being able to show support surely is not should should never even be brought into question on something that doesn't intend to oppress or suppress other people's views. No, well, listen, the LGBT community worldwide has been the community that's been suppressed and et cetera for for, for decades. Now it's it's widely accepted that um it's widely accepted uh, that it's to be supported. Or it certainly be uh, we have pride month, we etc. like that. You said you you've uh, Andy's tweet or said about your way for tweeting um stuff supporting pride month. We have the the laces campaign was a campaign in the Premier League at one stage, wasn't it? Um mm-hmm. and, and and stuff like that. So I mean, look, it's like how in fairness, you like that uh what your way for did the investigation your way for put into the armband it's probably been longer. <laughs> It's it's probably been longer than some of their uh, investigations into racial abuse at, at games because they don't tend to care really about that. Um, you've, you have your way for finding Nicholas Benton for Paddy Power boxer shorts after a goal, but then they, they have an investigation into this. Um, you know, just it, it like tone like really tone deaf. I would I would uh, would be the the phrase I'd use to UEFA's carry on with this. <laughs> Look, my my opinion is, is is very much on Andy's side. I I I've, I find it more offensive that basically UEFA are confirming that they're just paying lip service to the idea of being actively um, an open and just and equal uh, association for all. When quite clearly, if they're going to accept complaints against a pride armband, like we're not talking about a, a t-shirt with a message or something on it. it, it was merely just an amber armband in the the colours of the pride flag, right? As being something to investigate, it's beyond fucking um, reproach. 
like this this is the same organization who's tweeted out as you said the pride colors and everything else that was there it's just it's completely ridiculous it's completely completely ridiculous that it was even considered um but again it's UEFA as i said to you it's UEFA trying to butter both sides of the bread here because they're trying to stay in in with Auburn so if they need to move the games and move need to move a final to a fully uh, full capacity pitch um, or for for the final, they managed to get this out of it and still be still be friends with with whoever they are. It remind me a lot of the Catholic Church during World War Two, where they wanted to be friends with everyone, um, and really they were just interested in the money ultimately um, and the gold. Uh, and as we know, that's what the, that's what has driven the Catholic religion for centuries upon centuries. Well, before I get deeper into religion, I won't. But going back to my other point that I want to bring into it because it is. This season to me seems to be particularly, and, and Kev mentioned it a while as well, particularly with the Olympics coming up in, in Tokyo, there is a very strong political agenda that's that's now being in, that's engulfing all the sports, right? There isn't, there doesn't seem to be something where there isn't a player or a team or, or somebody not prepared to take a stand where they believe a stand should be taken. Um, and I'm, I'm asking you now, lads, is, is this from your point of view, can you remember a more uh, politicised summer of sport than the one that we're witnessing at the moment well like i'm gonna say to ask you like hasn't politics always been in sport like yeah. back to jesse mm-hmm. owens and hitler in the berlin olympics then you've mm-hmm. you've uh, john carlos and tommy smith in in mexico with the black panther salute uh then you've you come up through like good i'm sure oh yeah sorry you would have had um the the boycotting of the Olympics in in Moscow and Los Angeles by the by the Soviets and the the US, and then you go up to bring it on to Kaepernick and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. There'll be loads of other examples I've missed. Mm. So, like, why now is it when, be it the LGBT community are getting support or Black Lives Matter people taking the knee are getting support that people are saying, "Well, we don't want we, we don't want the politics sport. We don't want politics sport. Sport has literally been built." Some of my best sport moments have been built mm. on political gestures and, and, and political things like that. So hasn't like, and it's, it's always been it's, about it's always been in sports. Yeah. Those political things have always been about the rights of people as well, haven't they, Davo? Yeah, a lot of it comes from from the stands over the years and um, various socialist messages that would have came from the cop back in the day and and all over the world, like in South America, they, it's always been about mm. the rights of people, uh, you know, and people that these football supporters can relate to, you know, and they're given given those people that wouldn't get a voice otherwise because we know yeah. how the media operates and we and we know how they'd lead you to believe that nothing's happening. So quite often it takes a, a stage like that where a flag can be seen or a player can make a statement. Um but yeah, like their free world says I want equality, but it feels like political talking points are becoming bigger than the actual game. I think that's maybe just how engrossed we are in social media that people talk a lot about it. But it's it's definitely always been there. It's for as for as long as I watch football, there's always been polit- politics and football have been interlinked. A lot of the time it bugs me because I don't quite understand what what that political message is. But when it th- comes to things like Black Lives Matter or, or Pride, I think I've learned a lot from those kind of things. And has changed, challenged how I think about those sort of things, and um, it's it's about equality. It's not about politics. Everyone should want equality. It should be something we all strive for. It should be the, on the agenda at every uh, every world stage where people, millions of people, are watching. Yeah, I think it's touched on something there on the social media. I mean, it magnifies everything tenfold. You know, uh, you, you you know, you see all of these 
uh, opinions being being voiced and <clears throat> you know your timeline fills up with all of these you know sort of mad opinions on things and it just it just seems to gather pace really and and I think that that that's a big that's a big factor these days you know it it, it just sometimes things just get blown up out of all proportion and and uh, that's just that's just society now that's the world we live in yeah and actually you know on social media you get the it gives people a platform to be uh, anti-equality and it, yeah. and that's going to drive people mad now there could be trolls or there could be people who who are who have those uh, beliefs you know okay let, let me uh, suppose answer that question then that i posed I think again this this idea. I think twenty four seven television, twenty four seven news television, twenty four seven sports news television has driven a lot more players to become aware of the voice and the power of the voice that they carry. Okay, um, and I think that's why we're seeing, particularly after going through what we've just been through, where you've had this condensed space where people seem to be paying much more attention to what was going on, much more attention to voices, much more attention to to um, the messages that were being put out there. I think players have, have bought into the idea that they actually do have a voice and they do they do make a change. I think particularly in England, when they saw the impact that Rashford could have in terms of his meals for kids, right? All of a sudden, the players became and became and felt more empowered. Look at look at the abuse that Raheem Sterling has taken over the years for just being a good footballer right look at the abuse that uh, that mo- uh, that so many players have taken and look at how even now we're talking about how many gay footballers have, have been have felt s- secure in the knowledge to come out you know what i mean so it's like you, you go back to it they, there's not many there's very there few been, there hasn't been many no. not no high, high profile anyway Do you remember your man who your hit till spareger but he was it. finished he was finished after yeah. the play for villa effectively yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I go back to I think I think this this the players and sports people now feel more empowered than they ever than they ever had. They feel they have a more important voice. And I want to say more important voice that they can get their message out or they can lend their voice to something that they truly believe in. Um, and when it comes to global no this global sort of uh, ability of people to come together for the right reasons, I think they, they want they want to drive this conversation on this topic and i think it's i think it's fine i think you know that the, all this stuff we see this blm's a marxist organization all this 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 drives me mad the stuff the very tenets of what we're talking about here is not about politics it's about equality there's a lot there's politics and everything there's absolute politics mm. if you go most of these footballers will vote for the conservatives in england because ultimately they're the ones who benefit out of their pay packets right because they you know the taxes will be lower than if you bring somebody in who tax them more you know so there's but it doesn't mean that they won't support and drive it actual things that make a material difference to people that are out there. Um, so I look again, you know, this the people are going to well, have different if, things. Just, just kind of, just say one thing, Shane. On this, the yeah. see where it says, what, what do people think of the woman powerlifter? Um, people are going to have different opinions on things. For me, I, I think this comes away from the politics and comes back to the purity of the sport, right? And there is a biomechanical element to this that is different to the conversation about should a person be able to walk down the street without fear of them being punched in the face or being attacked because of what they choose to be, okay? Mm. Um, You're crossing back into the sport barrier and you're crossing back into, if you look at something that clearly elevates something physical, that it would be very hard for someone who hasn't gone through a gender reversal or gender change procedure, right? 
that like I'll put it this way: if it was the other way around, if a woman tried to move into the men's powerlifting um, segment, right after a, a, a whatever a gender change, whatever it is, right, they will struggle because their testosterone levels won't be equal to that of a, of a man, even with therapies etc. around it. Whereas if a man goes the opposite way. Their biomechanical structures, and this is what they've shown. They would probably be breaking a lot of the, the laws around performance enhancing drugs as well. So it probably would be a bit harder to go that direction. Yeah, again, but the space levels and stuff. I know, and Dan's right. It's muddy waters. It's 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 one of these. If you want to pull out the those really big outliers, but there are going to be conversations that people have to have. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna, Look, gonna it's very hard to say something that's politically correct about that topic. You know. Um, this there's the whole movement of um gender identity, you know, it probably is a bit political at the moment because of how it affects the workplace and how it affects um you know, when you bring in certain laws, it might discourage a company from taking on uh people of different genders because they would leave themselves open for, for law cases. And I think that's what they're finding a lot in America. So quite a lot of the time people that are shouting up for a cause aren't the people that the cause affects. And I think, like, about this powerlifting, like, that's obviously being agreed in the sport of powerlifting. Mm. You know what I mean? The people that this really affects, the, the competitors and the governing bodies, they've, they've agreed to that. So how would our opinion even matter on, on a topic like that? They've agreed to it. This is, the, this is what affects them. And it seems to have got, it, it's been approved and it's, that's it. That's, it's happy days. So if, that, if, that's, if that's the case, all the best. But Andy, Dan makes a good point here, and it, it is something. We should be able to openly have conversations around this without being feeling so nervous about what you're saying that somebody will either jump on you, will look mm. to cancel you, look to label you as being bigoted or racist or, or, yeah. or whatever it is, homophobic, because you want to have a conversation about saying, well, is this right? Is is this the yeah. right thing from a sport? And I want to learn more. If this has been, if they've proven that this is absolutely, this is a fair and and stuff, I want to learn that. I want to have a yeah. debate. I want to not. I want to be able to talk about it, and I don't want to feel like that I'm not in the right position. Yeah. That I'm not able to have this conversation. And all these things are about being able to openly discuss these things because only through discussion, only being able to openly discuss what's going on with your friends, with family, with people you don't know. Can you learn and grow as a person? Stephen was on here a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about, about some of these topics. And we were saying, and he's he's learned and grown as a person. And it's like we need to, if we were if, to be grown up and to be adult about these things, you want to learn. I want I don't mm. want to be afraid to make a mistake in what I say because I want somebody to tell me not that you don't say that. You actually need to think yeah. this is the Graham, do, Graham, do you, Graham Sionis came out and said that he, he I, I I listen, I could be totally wrong here. I just know Sionis I think he said he had a conversation with someone maybe from the LGBT community and it was basically about he said when I was in the dressing room in the seventies and eighties, he says, Look, he just goes, it was absolutely a bigger place and mm-hmm. homophobic and everything like that. And you said what you said then, you couldn't say now. As you alluded to with Pete, you and Pete being from Jim uh, last week, Phil, uh, things that were would be said uh, back in the day that Jesus, you couldn't say now. And soon as said he really enjoyed the chat because he wanted to learn and he wanted to grow in like in that topic himself so he he could learn about it as well you know what i mean and that's a man in the 60s now yeah uh wanted to, that was quite a recent thing i, I, I uh, yeah. seem to remember seeing on I think it was it was, it was about last year Davo. last mm, year yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was talking about how 
you know, he's a big uh, supporter of Pride now and it's at the back of being educated because a lot of the time what happens is uh, people jump to shame you, you know, if you don't know something. And that's just going to cause, like, you know, if you want to have some objective discourse on any topic that you're not, you know, it has to be, there has to be, you know, you have to be able to behave like a grown-up. If you say the wrong thing, you just need to be uh, educated and change your mind. But at at stage, certain topics like Black Lives Matter are are, uh, pride. We shouldn't have people that are still um, objecting Mm. to these, these things of equality. But... You know, the only way to get to make progress is to have these conversations and yeah. that people aren't trying to shame you for not being aware of a certain thing because we didn't all grow up the same. I mean, in growing up in Dublin, we had no we had no um people from different countries living here. Not no. now, but it was like everybody was just Irish, white. You know what I mean? And I was and I don't think I knew a a, a Muslim person. Till a few years ago, when we start, got, when I got to know Grizz, and then I learned so much. You know what I mean? And that's what it's all about. The world is more connected now. And that should have grown, grown, grown up in Drimna, Andy. There's loads of different people in Drimna. It was like, it was like <laughs> a melting pot. Well, I didn't grow. I didn't grow too far from Drimna, but I was always afraid to go down there. <laughs> that's right. That's why. Because <laughs> you, you <laughs> was fucking. You lived down there. <laughs> <laughs> right lads look I think it's been a great chat and like again I want you know the people in the in the chat Kev is right you know I, I want to see when when we're having these conversations I want to see people's opinions it's it's interesting to see how people are coming through and again I, I think we should be able to have these open conversations because I go back to it what you learn if you're if you're wrong about something learn it because you've been educated by someone i'm not i'm not talking about having somebody ram something down your neck but to explain to you why mm. actually that might be the right way or or maybe think about it a different way yeah. that's much more important because when somebody learns and grows and learns something new they pass that on to their kids onto mm. their friends, onto their own family, because when the same conversation comes up, they're inevitably going to be in it. They're going to have a better way and a better way to, you know, to understand and explain to people. Like you say about, about Grizz being the first Muslim, you know, like Jesus, like I'm, I'm talking like Muslim people lived in a small enclave of, of Dublin in most people's memories, because there was, there's the mosque in Klonski and everyone used to just, anyone who was Muslim sort of live very close to it. Um, and I was fortunate enough to know know uh, to, to, to our family knew our true marriage. There was there was um, a couple of um, Muslim men in in the family in terms of what was there. So it wasn't that unusual for us to have engagement with with, with people mm. in different religions. And and then there was people who were who were Jewish as well that were part of of the family. And it was just, but it, it was the that's the, that that is the exception rather than the rule. To most mm. people growing up right and yeah. even down to having somebody like pete who's who's a close friend it's the exception rather than the rule when you're growing up and that has allowed me to thankfully and i, I say this thankfully to have a relatively open mind in terms of of absorbing this thing and it's great mm. to, to know you guys because mo- nearly everyone that's involved with us as a group and everyone involved that has been involved along the way always have been open-minded i'm not saying we start off in the right place but we, we we've we've learned as we've gone along and we've grown as we've gone along and that's what i'm really proud of in terms of what we've done and again ultimately the it's the vast majority of the time it's 
four white blokes or three white blokes on the screen talking about football. You know mm. what I mean? But 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 to learn as we go along has been the biggest thing, I think, for us as a group, which is great to see. Yeah. And I think just 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 to finish up the uh the great thing about being Liverpool supporters as well, it, it, like we've 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 been exposed now for the last few years to to a couple of fantastic Muslim players and we've got a bit of an insight into, you know, how they you know, how they operate, how they live their lives differently to, you know, other players that we would have, we would have, you know, English players, Scottish players, um, German players, Spanish players, how, how, how these, how these lads actually live their lives and, and some of the customs that they follow. And, and it's been great. And I think, you know, just back onto the, um, onto gay footballers, you know, there will, there will come a time when that, door gets opened and that will become normalized and and hopefully you know you know hopefully liverpool will be you know a team that will help foster that environment if there are players um who want to you know come out to the world and say that they are uh, gay that 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 you know hopefully ours is one of the most tolerant fan bases out there uh, you would you would like to hope in years yeah. to come i think that i think um we absolutely are as a fan base. I think it's Liverpool always encourage equality and and uh, uh, they they really do uh, pay a lot of attention to the oppressed, you know. And I think they always have, and they've, they've always been a voice for people with, with not much of a voice. Exactly right. Let's mm. move along to something a little bit less heavy. Um, Ray, who's going to win the Euros? Well, I mean, you know, <clears throat> my money's on England, but you don't really, I guess you don't really want to listen to, 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 to an Englishman back in a world country, do you? <laughs> I mean, I've just been trying to work out the route for Liverpool, for, Liverpool, for England to get to the final. Um, there's probably more chance of Liverpool getting to the final, actually, when when you actually look at it. I mean... There is, there's a way in, there's a way in, I heard, there's a way in through the group stages. So, there <laughs> Wait <laughs> for have it in there. Come on. Um, well, the way this is the way this is shaping up. I mean, I, I think um, the most impressive team, the most solid all round team for me um, at the moment, uh, as it stands, is, is Italy. Um, they just there's something about them. There's something about their togetherness as a team. You've seen it with Chiellini early doors. You know, celebrating, keeping that clean sheet. Uh, at the start of the tournament, um, you know they they they're getting got you know they're getting goals as well. You know they, they, there's they're spreading the goals around uh, the team. There's there's contributions from all over the place. Um, you know the goalkeeper hasn't really been tested that much, but you know they've got a top top goalkeeper there who's capable of pulling off you know worldies when 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 it's required. Um, I, I, Italy are my favourites right now. I, I just see vulnerabilities with you know some <clears> of the other <throat> you know, some of the other bigger nations, the likes of France, the likes of even Belgium to a degree. I, I think they can be got at really at the back. Um and and Courtois can can have shaky moments. So, but but looking at how the fixtures sort of uh, you know looking at how the fixtures are going to pan out. I mean, Italy to me have got a, a they've they've obviously got a a handy touch. I think against Austria in the in the next <coughs> round. Um. So yeah, it, it, Italy for me. I, I think I I 
you know, I would say this as an Englishman, but I, 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 I don't, I don't see, I don't see the Ger, I don't see if with the Germans personally, I, I, I just, I just can't see, just can't see them, uh, I just can't see them getting all the way through um, past some of the bigger teams when they, when they come up against them. I know they did a job on Portugal the other night, but uh, I don't see it myself. Shane, you, you've watched every game in in this Euro so far. So no, we who, haven't. Who do, still. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have, you've you've been commenting in the group on every single game. We know you have. So it's, it's just just uh, just don't be pretending now. Come on, tell me who's going to win it. Oh, I was back at the start, and I've been happy with what I've seen uh, so far. The one worry before the tournament is, is um, as as you know, going back through the years, Italy normally need to come in on a on a, a scandal. Before they'll mm-hmm. go and win it, they had Cal uh, Shapley before they won the World Cup the last time, I think, and then they obviously had the Paolo Rossi stuff in '82. But this tournament, they've come in and they've been, I think, that 27 games unbeaten, or something like that, 28 games unbeaten. But Dick alluded to it, and a lot of been saying, I think Mancini, Mancini has them all, a big, big squad team, no real superstar at all. It's uh, more the sum of their parts than any one big player, and uh, they've been they've been really solid. Other sides, well, I haven't seen as much as I would have wanted. I haven't seen any of England, seen very little of the other ones. I'll, I'll probably throw a shout out there, but Genie must be in with a show for a player of the tournament so far, is he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for Holland, which will go down a treat on Twitter, I'm sure. Oh, it's, going, does, it's, uh, it's, it's if, going down at the moment. The FSG outlist are literally the pitchforks. They've got banners yeah. up. At Melwood, because they haven't realised they've moved from Melwood at this stage, but it doesn't matter. Like, they're, they're, yeah, well, yeah, Bobby has taken down every day. Yeah, he's he seems to be. Uh, he's as he, as he normally does for Holland. He's, he certainly knows where the net is. So he's. Is he uh, got uh, goals now? Is he is he joint top for the for the he, uh, golden boot? Is he? He's, he's three goals, hasn't he? Yeah, three goals. Yeah, so three, would three more listen? goals than Harry Kane. Well, there you go, Joe's <laughs> me. Joe, 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 Joe is 57 bets all with Harry Kane to be top scorer in them, I think. Jed, Harry Kane has the same number of goals as uh, Robbie Keane in this tournament, so he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's going well. Yeah, so, I do, so well, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm all in on it. I haven't seen him. France, obviously, they looked, I thought they were, they had a bit, a couple of years to go against Germany. You didn't see any of them against Hungary in the game they drew, but they'll obviously be a danger. But yeah, it, I'm going with Italy anyway. Yeah, I mean, I the only thing is, Italy, it, it's lining up for an Italy-Belgium quarter-final, which will be tasty. Mm. The Dutch mm. have managed to get in a situation where if they progress, they'll pay, they'll play either Wales or Denmark in the quarter-final. So, at the, at the moment, the Dutch have, have, have probably got the handier route because they're, they're, they're going to play... has that player that's only wrapped up. Yeah, mm. they're, well, they're going to play a third-place team now in the next round, so that, that could be any... That could be any sort of cannon fodder. So, you know, if you get to a quarter final and you're playing Wales or Denmark, it could be panning out nicely for you. Andy, you you've been you've been glued to the tournament. Who are you going uh, Yeah, well, uh, Italy, it's obvious. Um they're they're being so enjoyable. Uh the energy, the bravery of them, like the, the lads are saying, there's no real standout superstar. You know, look, you look at France and you've you have Pogba starting to perform and Mbappe and yeah, fair enough. But like, look at look at how look at how enjoyable Italy are. Look at how you know, much you want them to win. Um, so yeah, it's going to be hard to stop them. I seen Diddy Haman saying that. Uh, was it Haman saying that Austria will give them a game? I don't. I don't think so. Uh, they're going all the way to the final. I think they'll beat Belgium. 
The Belgium one is interesting. They've basically wasted one of the most talented squads and generations of talent by having an Everton manager look after them for, for that length of time. Like if they had, uh, okay, my observation of this, and I haven't, I, I actually, and genuinely watch much of it because uh, unfortunately games are on when Bob Troll on and uh, when there's, so <laughs> there's not much you can see. And, and also work is on. So when I was two o'clock kickoffs off, I was in work and uh, at the five o'clock kickoffs, Paw Patrol's on. And by the time <laughs> the eight o'clock kickoffs come around, uh, my other half is just uh, she's Netflix. so pregnant at the moment like she's just literally mm. in control of everything so I'm not going to argue so um, I've, I've, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of programs that aren't to do with, with football but um, what has struck me is the write-offs of managers at this tournament is off the charts like you look around and when, when, when you're trying to pick out a team I keep coming back to it outside of Mancini who are the top level managers in this tournament like who's won? Who who? What manager has won things as a default in terms of their career? No, Deschamps has won the World Cup, hasn't he? So, um, born up by France. Yep. The last time, but yeah, look, I I, I I take your point. Yeah, look at Selkay as saying, actually saying, uh, I don't know. I hope it was real. I've seen a. Uh, a conversation between Lee Westwood actually answering Henry Winter on Twitter earlier. <laughs> so that was immense. Slaughtering Selgate and it was and and when and when Westwood went into the picking the bounds over, you're just going to red going, he's actually spot on. Mm. Although Henry Winter would be he's he's well in that guard at Selgate uh pack ah. because he, he wants all the access and wants to be made to them all. Oh. So listen, Selgate's no use. Uh listen like I said, I haven't watched. I don't know who the Dutch manager is. Um, Frank De Boer. Oh, it's De Boer, yeah. Who horror show manager really everywhere else he's been. Um, yeah, Lewis, you're spot Lewis, on. It's Luis Enrique horror I show. Did. I know you love him, but no, no. I'm gonna say Naeem Yassine says Luis Enrique with Barca. Like to be fair, right? You could have put um, Fido the dog into manage <laughs> Barcelona with the players they had when Enrique he was there, and they still would have won everything. Like it, it, it's not that big of he isn't. If you talk about what has he done outside of Barcelona, I, I'll go back to this thing. What what's he done outside of Barcelona when he didn't have Messi and he didn't have the the talent that was around Messi when he was there? He's done nothing. He got chased out of Roma and got sacked from whatever job he was in after that, and now he's back at at Spain and he's leading Spain back to the doldrums. If you look at the way that Spain play, pass, 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 pass. Morata over the bar. Pass, 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 pass. Mistake, goal against. Like that's essentially what you're looking at with Spain. So, um, or well, Allison has a good show there. Santos from Portugal, he has done well. Like, he's obviously mm-hmm. one of yours. I know they have Ronaldo, and uh, they've really a golden generation at the minute. So, but Jesus, they got their arse handed in the other day by mm-hmm. the Germans. So never really rated Love as a as a manager. I think he's more facilitator when you're when you're managing Germany with the the high caliber players you have there. I don't really think a whole lot of Tactics go into him. not by him, maybe more by his, his, his backroom staff. But I, th- I, th- I think Yogi Lowe had his time. That tournament in, in Brazil was his time. He should have walked away after that because it was going to be hard to replicate what they did in Brazil um, oh. and to do what they did to Brazil in the final. You like, you're never going to, you're never ever going to see another World Cup final performance as good as that one mm-hmm. against the mm-hmm. nation. <clears throat> So I mean Shevchenko, it's been quite comical, hasn't it? I mean, it's been actually been nice to see him because it reminds you of Istanbul. So, I mean, as soon as you see his face, he just takes you straight back to, yeah. to 
the, to the penalty miss and the and the and the miss that well the, the dude X save obviously but yeah he's looked absolutely when the camera's been on him he's looked he's kind of looked all kinds of Roy Hodgson clueless I I've talked mm, yeah. the camera's mm. been on him he they just were, they were so bad today Ray weren't they yeah mm. awful, they were just so, they were they so bad chance, when they had a chance to kind of guarantee the progression uh, awful really and I think are they sitting in third now with an outside chance. Uh, yeah. depending on things yeah I'm not too it, sure they mentioned yeah. I think he, he said they mentioned on commentary through their research or whatever He, I think this was going to be his last arrive because he's looking at club management in Italy so he's obviously a, a shoe in maybe to get the well he'll get a job anyway considering what 18 of the 20 teams is summer change manager in Syria so um, are they likely to change manager only Milan and Atalanta are, are keeping them or have kept them so yeah look he'll he'll get a job so essentially we're saying that Mancini is potentially the cream of the crop when it comes to the managers and he has the best side. So that means Italy get knocked out in the semi-finals. Yeah. yeah. And then Steve Clark's probably number two. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it mad how everyone's coming around to how much of a joke our Southgate is? And we were all saying it the way the whole thing with Trent because yeah. we knew we knew he was trying to dodge playing uh, expansive football um, and mm-hmm. positive football and now he's being shown he's leaving all the flair players out he's leaving everyone out like I remember Jamie was trying to tell us that that they're a great <coughs> that he was he was he was doing a great job with England and even Jamie now is, is trying to throwing the old bathwater out the kids and everything have gone out with the bathwater when it comes to Southgate it's just like he just wants to play happy football again and it's, like it's never going to happen well, I honestly think Ray you as an England fan right I have to ask you a question now as, as a big as a massive England fan, which I don't understand because you're scouts, right? A huge I'm surprised. Did you take down your St. George's Cross there in the back of your of your shed? Do you have a St. George's Cross? Oh, but that's, no, that's what no, you no, have. No, oh, no, semi final. Oh man, you have a big George's Cross that's going across the back there. <laughs> right? Formby Reds across the back of, of of your Scandinavian Scandinavian shed for watching the match there on a big screen. He's there splared now, it's coming home. Can you imagine that, Andy, where Ray lives? It's all the English songs and everything going on, wrecking the shop. Stella Artois in the gaff sitting there on the sofa, giving it socks. Well, yeah, I can see you, right? But I'm fair to say Ray is the le- least English person I know. Secretly support England. Yeah, to be fair. The, but can you can you understand is there not a logic that says that? England undersell themselves massively when it comes to recruiting a manager and giving somebody with a vision for attacking football to take over because they just get they just get piebald by the media at some stage. Like you can just see the knives have sharpened so much for Southgate at the moment. They're just waiting for him to get knocked out. You can see that this is sharpening. He's going to be hammered at this stage. Is it not? Sort of, uh, even though you are a closet England fan, does it not get irritating that you just can't get that magic mix of a of a proper manager like like a Bobby Robson? Like you haven't had one since Bobby Robson was in charge. Maybe Venables in '96, and then he was chased out because he did a dodgy deal with Amstrad or something like that. Do you remember? So, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I mean, the FA are just they're just incapable, aren't they? We know they're incapable on so many levels, um, and this is just another facet, really, of this. I mean, let's not forget, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, they, they put Sam Allardyce in charge of the national team. I mean, that kind of says it all, really. And, um, I mean, Southgate, when he first came in, was a bit of a, it was a bit of a 
breath of fresh air. The fact that he was kind of bringing players through that had done well, you know, under 21 level. And, you know, I, I, I do like the fact that you kind of, everyone's kind of almost got an equal chance of, of, of making it, you know, we were kind of stuck in the, in, in, in this kind of constant cycle of trying to, you know, fit sort of square pegs in round holes. Cause you were trying to go with your, with your, with your players from the big, from the big clubs. And, and, and he seemed to move away from that. And he, he did seem to be onto something for a little while, but yeah, it's just, it's gone very negative now, and it's it's gone. It's just gone in the whole other direction in terms of all that all that goodwill, and um, it there does seem to be an inevitability of this all having a really bad end. And whether it be in this tournament or whether it be in Qatar, where they probably you know you probably find a scenario where they won't even get out the group. You know, like they've they've literally got through the group now tonight by default. You know, they've got four <clears> points <throat> on the board against two really kind of you know substandard teams, and because of the teams can't even get you know four points on the board coming third, they've they've defaulted into the next round. But but don't don't be surprised. Like no one should be surprised by England going out in the next in the next round, irrelevant of who they play. Okay, I think I think that Phil, it's it's still remains to this day the most poison chalice football job on planet Earth, and yeah. because of the media, um, we know they they tried to play darts and pool with the media now, so they're trying all the mates and everything else like that, rather than going back to the Graham Taylor torn up in the front of the paper days and stuff like that. But I mean, it's like every every journalist. As we know, we know Liverpool journalists, there's other journalists attached to different clubs around. They all have their own camp. So if like Grealish isn't playing, I would be starting Grealish. But then does mm. Foden drop out? Then someone in the media is going to hammer him. If Foden isn't in the team um, and they and they don't win, etc., etc. So listen, it's still to this day just remains that the, the media are self-obsessed. They, they feel that they should be get some credit maybe somehow of England end up winning it because they've championed the team and blah, blah, blah. But it, it still remains to this day as, as poison a chalice it was as it was for Graham Taylor, I think, back in the I, day. I, I have a great idea, but I'm keeping it till next week because it's my topic for next week when I can't think of anything that's related to what's going on at the stage. So I'll keep it next week, but we can get into that a bit more next week. But Andy, for, from from your point of view, Italy managers are crap. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of... Dark horses. This is the one I want, I want to finish off in terms of who we think is going to win the Euros. Mm. Because so many teams go through out of this, it sort of ruins the con- the idea of a dark horse. You know, there's always mm. there's always been like if two <clears> teams are going through, you always get this random team that either tops the group yeah. or comes you second. Short, you have a short route to, to yeah. get to the final and win. Ah, look, um, I think if if there's any team that has an extra bit now, it's Denmark, uh, and I'm sure we'd all all absolutely love to see them go all the way. If that was possible, um, it'd be such an amazing story, you know, the romance of football. I think everyone will be behind that. So, like, if there's a dark horse to win it, there, there you go. I'd, I'd love to see it happen. Yeah. Like Kev is saying, Holland, Mister Slackler is saying, Holland. They aren't exactly dark horses. Like dark horses generally no. are, te- are teams that are no, be like Scot- Scotland no. or a Wales or. Um, I don't know. But, 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 but in, fair, in fairness to the Dutch, I don't, England, think, anyone, yeah. I don't right. think anyone would have picked them coming in. Now Van Dijk, now the Licht, uh, the bar has been an absolute horror show wherever he's managed before. 
Um, like over the years, the Dutch would always have great centre forwards, Cloyvert, Van Nistelrooy, Bear Camps, etc. There's, there's, there's none of that. So they're coming in kind of under the radar rather than a dark horse field. But like, Jesus, genie's carrying them. So, so I, I, I don't know if they've qualified, but would Switzerland not for, sort of fit into the dark horse because Shaq is on fire? Um, potentially going from a 15 million sale to a 30 million sale with this form that's going on. Um, is is that the type of team that could? Uh, what what round is the next? How many teams get into the next round? Sixteen. Sixteen. I, I think they have qualified now, Phil, as a result of what happened today. I think that I think they will be one of the third place teams. I guess it all depends which which sides of the draw that they land on. Now, I think any dark horse to come because I was thinking, you know, if the Czech Republic went through in England's group as say the runners up, and they landed a, a handy tie with the runners-up in Spain's group, which which is how that pans out then. Then maybe maybe the Czech Republic, but I think it's going to be hard for a team to then progress beyond the quarterfinals on that side of the draw because, you know, that's stacked with the likes of Germany, Spain, France. It is I, think, I, think it, I think it's over egg in Germany. I know they did really well against Portugal, but the first game, they were absolutely dog shite. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they really were. And um, to be fair, any time I've watched the game, the standard of football isn't great. So like, I, I can't figure out how none of these teams don't have a chance in the next round, with the exception of Italy, who looked seriously. But then I think, again, an awful lot of these teams peak too early. Like If, if you're flying mm. through the group stages, how many teams fly through the group stages and then go on to win the tournament? It's not that often. It's normally a team that sort of comes in Second game, mm. third game look better, and then you get into gets, the quarterfinals. Gets a late, gets a late winner somewhere along the lines. And yeah, in fairness, though, that Germany France game was worth it alone just to watch Matt Summers try to chase Mbappe after <laughs> uh, losing a five-yard head start. And, like, and get there, yeah. And in fairness, to him, he did. He did. In fairness, yeah. Yeah, I so don't think like, I don't think you should rule out Wales making a bit of a run again. I mean, Wales are playing Denmark. Say about Denmark, maybe being a dark horse, but. You know, Wales then coming up potentially against um, the Dutch. I mean, who knows? I mean, they've got they've got they've got a sprinkling of world class players there, haven't they? You can turn it on on the day. Uh, the Portuguese team, you would have fancied to do damage, and then because of that Germany result, you're now going nah. But like, yeah, it's it's gas because after the Germ- uh, Germany's opening game, you would have been saying nah to Germany. But now we're saying because Germany comprehensively beat Portugal, it's like you're now going. Mm, Germany look good again. So if Portugal go out and bash Spain, does that not put them into their back to being good again? That group, Ray, Ray is the, the man, the Mats man for all the orders. But that group looks a bit mad now, Ray, doesn't it? After Germany losing to France, France drama, Hungary, Germany hammering Portugal. Like it's, it's that's that's uh, that's a bit of a mad group, Barry. I don't know. I, 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 I think anyone who's on four points now, pretty much, even with one game to go, is guaranteed to go through, um, unless they miraculously finish bottom of the group on four points. So, France with, 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 with the four points will know that they're basically through. Um, and, and um, who, who's got to play? Who's got to play? Who are the two big? Guns playing one another uh, in the in the last game. It's what France against Portugal. Portugal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Portugal know that a point takes them through as well against France. So you know they're they're probably going to play a fairly cagey, I would imagine, against France. And France, you know, they're they're probably not going to go to 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 uh, gung ho. They're going to probably look to save this, themselves for later rounds. They might this make- to me, this to me though, is the test for France because 
Portugal look like they have the players that will exploit the weaknesses in the French team. Like the, in, in in the main, they have Jota and they have um, Ronaldo, and all they have to do is strike a shot from left to right against Loris, and they'll score three or four goals in the game. I, I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. <laughs> it's, it's, but, <laughs> but I to, but I totally agree. He's horrendous. Just just on that shot, Shane, you just go down the left hand side and shoot it across him, and it'll just go in the net all the time. Look at Origi did it, and we did it like loads of times to him all the time. And you see him playing international football, and it's the same goal over and over and over again. How teams, how Germany didn't, do, I don't even know who played each other, but like how Germany didn't do that to them repeatedly is is, is beyond me because that's exactly what I would have done. For I, I, I actually thought Germany were okay in the second half of that game, Phil, but they never tested them at all. No, someone texts me going, I thought Germany were all right, so yeah, but they never tested them and if they had have they, they probably would have got something yeah I don't disagree Portugal is shot in the back and Bruno Fernandes is is, is basically cat's piss um, <laughs> you know, let's, let's be honest about it like he, he's 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 a an icing type player he's not a cake he's just icing <laughs> right so it's like if you have a nice cake and you stick icing on top of it the icing is nice if somebody comes along and gives you a whole lot of icing it just looks like sick on a plate and that's what Fernandes is he's sick on a plate so like that's <laughs> That's basically what he is, kick. Um, anyway, moving on. Jota's, you know, on a Liverpool kind of topic. I, I think Jota's looked good. He's looked decent. Yeah. He's looked sharp. Uh, combining well with Ronaldo for a couple of goals there the other night. I mean, Portugal, they were a whisker away of taking that, you know, to the to the wire. Like, they, they hit the post 4-3. And I think they, they could easily have bombarded and, and scored another one and it could have been 4-4. It was it was a mad game, absolutely mad game. But they were woeful at the back. They I mean they you know Diaz looked shaky. They just you know Pepe, I don't know, he's just how old you know, 44, something like that. I mean he's just he's showing his age, isn't he? He is and he still likes to kick people up the hole, which I have a massive <laughs> lot of respect for, right? And and talking about kicking players up the hole, Shane, your topic uh, referees, but that's that's is that uh, is that <laughs> is that Ben Ten? No, who is it? It's just some fireman sham. <laughs> it looks like Ben Ten. Just just playing with him there. Are you doing are you doing a little story and everything now? Is that what you're I'm just waiting for you to change? Subject. I'm getting bored of the Euros. Totally. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, geez, Andy. I, I, I won't go up my topic down. Yeah. What was your topic? VAR, now. Yeah, yeah, VAR and referees at the Euros. Yeah, look, I just, yeah. I, I think. Now, listen. By the way, my topic got real tonight because the the the, <laughs> the, 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 the offside that was given against Lukaku in that a Belgium game. Disgrace, disgrace and Very that ref, the ref bottled the. The ref bottled the second yellow big time in that Denmark game against Russia. But in general, and a lot of people have been talking about it, be it on social media or our WhatsApp groups, that um, the referee and VAR has been a lot more streamlined, it's been a lot more quicker. The yeah. Lions haven't really been out. They've been quick decisions. It's uh, The system in itself has worked a hell of a lot better. Um, and... Yeah, look, I thought even Anthony Taylor's there, I think. I'm not sure, uh, is he the only English referee there? But it, he was obviously, I thought he was excellent, yeah. obviously, what he had to deal with um, in the Denmark game. But I just think, in general, the officials have been a lot better than, than we watch every week. Yeah. And VAR has been a lot more streamlined. Who'd have thunk it, Davo? Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? I mean, we've only been going on about it for <laughs> two seasons. 
But here's my little tangent just to this as well, that I, uh, my little take on it. Is the VAR when it's not Liverpool? So when we're watching a game, Liverpool score, VAR check. Right? You start shitting yourself. If we're watching a game, the Euros, unless it's Italy in the final and I might win a big wedge of money, Joe Walsh style, I, and, it's a VAR, and, let, like, and it's a VAR check comes up and you're watching one of the games in the Euros, like, you don't really get, like, it's not affecting you the way, like, so my thinking on this is, like, VAR obviously affects you way more when it's Liverpool, in my opinion, than it does uh, your watching experience of the game. It's much more impeded when it's a Liverpool game that the VAR check comes up on rather than the Euros. So that's, another, I know people are saying footballers, last season was poo, too many VAR goals or uh, some VAR goals are bad and everything like that. But when they go against us, when they go against Liverpool, of course, you're going to go fucking spare. When you're watching, you're watching these European games, VAR check, does it really matter what way it goes? But in general, look, I, thought, I think the VAR has been a lot more streamlined, a lot quicker, and hasn't affected the game uh, anyway near it does in the Premier League. As Andy said, he would have thunk it. Right. On that, though, like we, we talked about this during the season, we were talking about Champions League, and it seemed like the referees were better and VAR was better in the Champions League. Is this just not the 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 sort of leading on from what Shane? Is this not just the fact that if you don't spend forty minutes trying to make a decision and have it on camera so the world can see it on television, right? And it's just managed effect efficiently. Like even see the ones where the referees are told to go over to the camera and have a look at them themselves, and you can see them going over to have a look at themselves. You can see where they're making a decision. Is that just not? The log- logically, it's a better way of running it because we don't, as viewers, you don't need to see. Everything you don't need to see how they're making the decision, who they're talking to, all the angles and all that type of stuff, and it allows them to do it quicker. The one thing I will say, they look a lot quicker at making those decisions, mm. and it goes back to how it's been implemented. So, is there a clear and obvious error in the decision that was made? If not, the decision stands, or you hand it over to the ref to say, "Look, I think it's worth you having a look at that one." Mm. Yeah, I think I think <coughs> a couple of things here. So first of all, in the comments in Davo mentioned there's some comments in it is it is it's happening at a much quicker pace. There's a lot less seems to be a lot less deliberation, um, and I think some of that probably comes down to the fact that it is. I think it is it is going down the path of what it was intended to, which is the clear and obvious error. And we spoke about it on several occasions throughout the season, uh, the Premier League season. I think what what we're seeing is re- removing of the dynamic that you've seen. We seem to have got in 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 England, where kind of. People are almost second guessing one another, and there's this dynamic of you know, uh, you know, referee A working with referee B. They know each other. There's a you know, there's this click of referees. <laughs> you know, there's the dynamic of people not what one referee not wanting to undermine another referee, and I think there's a lot more going on that 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 is is crept into it over the course of the Premier League season, which just isn't isn't there at this level, like. Referee A isn't asked about overruling referee B here or telling them to go and look if there's been a clear and obvious error, in his opinion. And then, you know, referee referee A, when he goes over to the screen, is not doesn't seem afraid about admitting that he didn't see something or that he'd made a mistake on his original judgment. Like, that, 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 that this is how it was all supposed to work in the first place. And definitely in England... 
we got completely away from that. Certainly by by the sort of second half of the season, there was there was other stuff going on in referees' minds and heads, and you know it all become a, a, a big load of people kind of protecting their own backs by the end of it, and that 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 clearly isn't happening here for me. Mm. Andy, and the dad. Yeah, no, that's it, that's a hundred percent. I think we, we've said it here before. Uh, the 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 association of refs in England, they're they're a boys' club. They all know each other. You, you can't um you can't have uh, governance like that when when they're all sort of looking after each other. With the Euros, you've referees coming from all over the place. They don't know each other. As Laura Duffy says, there uh, there's a dedicated VAR team, so there's no like um. There's no, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. It's just decisions are made objectively. It's how refereeing is supposed to happen. There's so much subjectivity in refereeing in England. It's incredible. Um, and they're, look, in, we're so suspicious of the Premier League referees now, and rightly so. So we want to see more transparency. We want to see more lines. We want to see more talk. We want to hear what they're saying because we're so suspicious of them. Whereas, like, when it's the Champions League or and it's in the Euros, it's fine to see less because you kind of just trust that they're going to make the right decision. And it seems so far that they're making all the right decisions and they're refereeing games like they're supposed to do. And the the Premier League needs to seriously look at this because it's mm. it's glaringly obvious to the world now, uh, well, uh, all the people who watch English football, that those referees in England need to go. And there needs to, there needs to be a massive reform uh, because they're absolutely fucking the game up in England. Uh, because they don't want, they, they just don't want to referee the game objectively. They want, they want side chat. They want fucking all the talk. The media puts the pressure. It's just a shambles. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just, you know, they took, basically they 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 dug a little bit of a hole last season, and they just kept digging and digging and digging. Tried to make little minor adjustments around rules. You know that didn't work. It, it just ended up spiraling out of all all control, and you know it's hard to it's hard to imagine them even owning up to that and 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 trying to you know take it the way that the European refs are, are, are approaching this. I I completely expect the same shit show next season. I really do. Mm, absolutely it's not going to change you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect it to be any different it's going to be exactly the same we're going to be talking about refs and VR every single fucking week I, I won't we're going to put a ban on <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll, we'll allow the topic to be introduced three times next season so if you want to play the, the, the VAR or the officials card know that there'll be only three cards to be used during the course, course, the course of the season I'm going to buy big cards so people can hold up the plate, right? Um, okay, look, I have nothing to add. Um, I, said I haven't seen enough games to comment, but I, I do know that, that there seems to be a, genu- a, a general team that people aren't going on about refs or bad decisions or VAR. So if that's not happening, it means it must be working, and that's all that matters. Learn what they're, they're doing right and implement it in the best leagues in the world and job done. Um, I think... Um, Barry Devney is right there. I have heard Peter Walton a couple of times, and fuck me, I don't think he's gotten a decision right um, in terms of what's going on. The fella is clearly hasn't a breeze what's going on with, with refereeing, <laughs> um, and if he's involved in any type of refereeing in England, no wonder it's a shit show. Right, <laughs> uh, last topic, lads. Um, the World Games. 
<laughs> World Games. <laughs> Never um, happened. <laughs> now, <laughs> fo- football is nearly over, so and uh, we're coming up to the summertime. So, what sports are going to keep you occupied when finally we can turn the television off to football matches and 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 just take a breather and let our combined football juices subside so that we're eager for the new season to start again um, and to, to give the run of a few things we have the Olympics in Tokyo the COVID Olympics um, where the athletes not only are going to be trying to do their events but they're also going to try and not get and pick up any diseases um, then we've got uh, the Tour de France is kicking off on the 26th of this month as well so we get that's that way we get to see how well the vaccines are working in real life uh, <laughs> next year's vaccines at work for this year um, and then we've got uh, I don't know Wimbledon is that meant to be on um, Brandon Cheese, Pornhub, is that a sport? No, that's not a sport. <laughs> um, that's a pastime. Um, <laughs> boxing, mm-hmm. golf, golf. Yeah. Well, we've got Andy here. Andy, uh, this is get Andy in, in, in enjoying at the moment. But uh, Andy, the old golf was on last night. Um, yeah. All the lads blew up from about the ninth hole onwards. So, is golf going to be your go to sport? Oh, absolutely. I love watching the golf. Um, I've loved watching the golf throughout. Uh, when there was no fans, it didn't take much away from the sport. Uh, but it was it was brilliant again last night. Uh, it was brilliant to see John Ram winning his first major. So uh, golf is my... I nearly prefer the football a lot of the time. It's just you can spend a weekend dipping in and out of it. And there's absolutely nothing like watching uh, a competitive finish on a Sunday night. Now like that... Uh, it wasn't too difficult for Ram at the end. Like McElroy blew up as usual. But um, now, golf all the way, all day long. I was delighted to see Bryce and the Champagne um, being absolutely geek in the last nine hours. It was fantastic. Um, yeah. Like him. yeah. There's, something, there's, there's something very satisfying with seeing him putting a, putting a drive in a well play. It's fucking great. Over yeah. and over again, it was fantastic. Yeah. And this this bloody myth about him, like uh, <clears throat> about him being driving the ball a mile, he just drives the balls down stupid, uh, stupid angles into crowds. Doesn't show far. He's an absolute tosser. Uh, and McIlroy is still out driving him without being a big f- fat balloon head. Is there is there golf at the Olympics, Andy, this year? The lads that play golf. Remember they were able no, to play at the last Olympics. So the, the, the Olympics, the lads, the Olympics is the closest thing we get to yeah. World Games without the fun. Um, and obviously, there's like, like I, I, I don't get the logic in having the Olympics this year. I know obviously Japan really want to host it, and then they don't really want to host it at the same time. But it's like every four years you get to see loads of sports that you don't ever see again for another four years. So it's like, yeah. it's does it matter? You know what I mean? Like, does the, could they've? I just thought, would it not have made more sense to find one venue that could host the Winter and the Summer Olympics just this time around because of COVID, right? And wrap them all into one big year of the Olympics, where they run like from say September right the way through to December, and it just it just goes on for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks, and we'd have the crack. Um, like, I, I don't even know. Does anyone know anyone that's involved in the Olympics? Like, I think that, the tra- are, are there got to be fans in Tokyo filling the stadium now. Ten thousand they announced today. There's a 10,000 that's allowed in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why Mohammed is attacking me there. Why is he doing that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, fun. Only... that's 
that's far more subs than the forum has after a year. So don't know what <laughs> yeah, you're giving out yeah, about. Yeah. I wouldn't even subscribe to this show. We should definitely subscribe to the day trippers because it's definitely worth watching. Just don't turn into this in a month. It's brilliant. No, um no. but the Olympics, I like I, I think we should watch the canoe because we're gonna put that big huge white water center into into the middle of Dublin. That's gonna be an important sport for us in the future. Um yeah, the hundred meters of nice. Avo, yeah. I this, this is what we're talking about. This is world game shit. This yeah. is this is this, this is, is what the, it's at. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, yeah. the world games is their plan to get rid of the Olympics and just have the world games yeah. where you, and I, where you yeah, and it has to be the hundred meters on ice has to be uh competed by uh transgender weightlifters. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's where that's that's where the world games is at. That is the standard where we are Striving yeah. for, Amazing. yeah. Matt Sweeney said the skateboarding in the Olympics. How do you have skateboarding? Is that not just a load of like old fellas trying to pretend to be teenagers with baggy jeans doing like tricks on the edge of a like? Do they have races? What do they do with skateboarding? Somebody like the only time I've ever seen skateboarding is like one of these things that goes around and then they go. Up yeah, and they skates. do loads of tricks and then they get. Uh, Scored and that a bit like Tony Hawk or something like that. I think is it a bit of game what's, Tony Hawk? What's McGregor doing in July? Is he fighting a YouTuber or something like that? <laughs> oh, he's fighting a man that beat him the last time. I think <laughs> which one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man from the Marble Arch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go, stick it up your arse. Uh, right, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'll, I think I'll, I'll end up watching the. Well, I love the Tour de France. The Tour de France for me has always been something I love to watch. It's summertime because you know when there's no football on, there's generally no sports on, and the Tour de France comes on. You can just sit there. And if you watch the live, the, the, like a live day of the Tour de France, they're just cycling for hours. Nothing's really happening until the last like ten seconds when they get up to the end, and they all just go hey for leather at the end of it. Or if there's big hills, then see which lads have have had the, this proper um, caterpillar juice to get up to the top of those hills quicker than everybody else. I've had the have had the jiffy bag. Yeah, yeah. Sam Bennett's out of the Tour de France. That is right. That's a, that's a shame from an Irish point of view. It would have been great to see. Um, Day Trippers versus Team Coppish in the Octagon. <sighs> I, I don't know. if it, look, there, there are some big lads in the Trippers. They might look it on screen, but there are some big lads in, in the Trippers. And not just big as in they had a really good lockdown. Big as in they didn't have a really good lockdown. They spent their time getting bigger in, the, in lockdown. So it's like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know if that would be safe. So yeah, I, I think the the I, I definitely go with the war games. I think we, if we can get the war games on. Actually, I was watching um sort of off roading far before stuff from America. That was great. Like you, you you can watch that for just wake up in the morning, stick it on, and it's just lads lads from the south who have made these massive jeeps and they just drive up and down mountains. It's fantastic. That's a great sport to watch as well. I, so think, I, think, I, I, I think the it is great with the Olympics being on. You get to see other sports that you, you don't normally see. And Ireland obviously tend, tend to do well in uh, amateur boxing and stuff like that. But I love the athletics, the Olympics when the athletics is on. And all the stadiums are normally full, but it's great. It really is. It really is great. Great television, the, uh, the athletics at the Olympics. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be betting into that uh, for the summer. Golf like Andy as well, betting to it. Will you be betting to the gymnastics now, Shane? I'd watch it now, yeah. I'd watch yeah, it. Yeah, I'd be a bit yeah. of gymnastics. I, 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 I think the, the lads on the rings are just phenomenal. 
they're just phenomenal. The, the powers in their shoulders and the muscles that they have, it's just it's amazing to watch those fellas. That the core strength. is just off the charts. Yeah. In my view, it's completely different. Like, to, to, from, from, from the 12th of July onwards after the tournament's finished, for me, the, the, it's, it's a month's worth of getting enough credit in the bank so that I can go full pelt with the start of the new Premier League season and NFL seasons, Phil, because, you know, that gets intense from September onwards. Yeah. It gets pretty intense, you know, owning the, tele- owning the telly. Uh, pre season NFL though Ray is such a short period like there's no messing around you don't get these two month build ups the lads get back in at the end at the start of August and they're straight into the matches by the start of September it's just it's yeah. all, all the OTAs are done at this day so it's waiting for training camp and see who turns up so I'm um, yeah I'm, I'm I, that gets me excited but it's just it's just this this dead period that we're talking about at the moment which is around now to about well, the start you, of know, August. you get to you get to see whether the dubs come in seven in a row you know what I mean that's that's absolutely mm-hmm. Brilliant. I know that's not really up your alley, Phil. Although the Lions is on, Phil, this summer, you're, you're a, you're a partial bit of rugby. Yeah, but anything with British in the title of it means I'm not going to go because I hate the Brits. And I'm just like, because everyone was giving out to me last week about being an English basher, yeah? Yeah, that's point. That whole concept does, does be blown way out of proportion anyway. If fucking four countries or five countries can't get down and beat one, you may fucking pack it in all together. Well, I, I don't know what don't, <laughs> why they don't. Why, why don't they get the French and Italians in? <clears throat> Right, just, right call, now. just call it Europe. They'd find it another excuse as to why they lose when they lose to the All Blacks or whatever as to listen, come here. England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales can't get a team of players to go down and beat one team. I think it's interesting that that Ray only turns on after the twelfth of July. Ray, have you a bowler hat and a sash in the back of that? That's just the way it is this year. Are you trying to announce your nomination as the new DUP leader? (laughs) They're coming. uh, They're coming back down to Dublin for a march again this year. I believe so. Yeah, and they're gonna. They're gonna hopefully. Hopefully, to do when they put some manners and all the scrouts going around Dublin. Punching each other's heads in at the moment. <laughs> I'd look forward to a march down in the yeah. be a crack. Come down, they come down and bait them with their team whistles. We haven't had a parade. What they, they don't have team whistles, do they? They have flutes or drums, 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 and flutes. They have yeah. flutes. <laughs> flutes and drums. <laughs> if they just came down with their flutes and drums and bashed all the youngsters on South Andre. We'd be happy. Be great crack. Yeah. Mars come on down. down. Come on down. You're welcome this year. <laughs> so yeah. Ray Dicko is up as the new DUP leader and everything is grand after the 12th of July. Fair play, Ray. Well done. Mm. It's, it's, it's a big step up for you. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you um, on the television installment. The one um, thing about the, um, about the rugby though is for a change, because obviously usually they, they'd be in, in New Zealand or Australia or whatever, at least, at least, this tour being in South Africa, it's on at a reasonable time for people to actually watch it and have an afternoon and whatnot if they want to if they want to do something. It's good. It, it, I might I might actually, for the first time in a long time, give it give it a whirl. I watched it when I was living in Australia because um, the times because the time uh, it was on the proper time. So yeah, five. I'm just looking here. Five o'clock kickoffs. They're good. Five o'clock. I, I just wish that, like a bit like the Ryder Cup became Europe against America. Sure, if if, if you just have the North, it'd be better off just making it the Northern Hemisphere against one of the teams down the Southern Hemisphere. And that, that, mm-hmm. sure, if, they, if they move South Africa into the Six Nations to make it the Seven Nations, which does, which I think is happening, 
what's the point of them going touring against a team that's going to that the lads are going to be playing against anyway with their own nation? Like it's it just seems a bit mad. Just I I, I could never buy into the British and Irish Lions team because it was just oh, I just can't understand the kind of the clamour for that if they win and stuff like that. It's just like oh, it's like Ireland beating the All Blacks in a friendly. Jesus Christ, give, give it a rest, like you know what I mean. He's beat them in a friendly. Want it? If Ireland rugby teams want to start impressing people, they'd want to win a knockout game in a World Cup instead of instead of beating teams in friendlies and then releasing DVDs. They're like Everton, Dicko. That's what they're like. <laughs> You're like Everton. You just don't understand the cultural significance. Don't, don't, they never don't, beat the don't, don't start that rubbish. <laughs> don't start that. Win a knockout What's game. What's the story with Everton? We're high favour at the moment, Phil. It's COVID hay fever. Anyone that got the Pfizer um, vaccine is, is has gotten an extra bad dose of hay fever this summer. No, this is, seriously, there's a stupid amount of people with hay fever, like kids and everything. Like it's mad. What's going on? No, they've just got the Delta variant. I've got the COVID vaccine uh, variant of hay fever, which is which is a killer. It's so my eyes are basically streaming all the time, and um, they haven't told me that, but at least I'm safe. I'm not going to die. But yeah, the hay fever, the pollen count seems to be high. But Andy, I actually have a theory about this because I've, oh, I've seen what's going on. But, well, because, because because we've been locked what? down, there's been less I'm air planning. pollution. No, less air pollution from the planes and the chemtrails that have been released into the mm-hmm. atmosphere, right? Um, and that we've been locked down, and there's there's less traveling going on. There seems to be a better bloom from the flowers this <clears> summer. There seems to be a lot more bees around, which is great to see. Um, mm. And I think because of that, there's a lot more pollen knocking about, and that's why we're all suffering with hay fever a lot worse. And also, we're getting a decent June, which only we normally only get one decent week in June. We're getting a whole month mm. that's decent, so we're just not used to having so much pollen floating around. And I heard, I heard two stories of bees traveling in packs lately. <coughs> I don't know whether yeah. you ever seen. I never seen a swarm of bees going around, but two in the last two two days, I've been told two separate stories of people witnessing massive amount of bees heading somewhere. South Ann Street. South Ann Street. Everyone's going to South Ann Street at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> going into Star Trouble, the bees <laughs> they want to join in the crowd. What do fucking bees be like? What, what's the story with that? Like years ago, bees just got used to go around on their own, like getting pollen off flowers and that. Now they're going around in gangs. Like, you should you should watch the B movie, man. They've always been going around the gangs. There's a whole there's a whole group of uniforms and everything like top gun. It's deadly. It is. They're best, but they're Phil. Best you normally know about this stuff. What the fuck is the story? The extra hay fever and bees going around the gangs. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a bit. I, I can. I, I've, this is one area I haven't gone down um, the rabbit hole yet in. But we can ask if 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 we can ask Trev if he ever gets off of Spotify. Um, Tweeting them to see if they can sort out why his episodes appear up backwards on Spotify. So we we'll ask him. He's he he knows all the stuff because he's a gardener, Andy. So mm. uh, you know. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody in the chat knows why are the bees knocking around the gangs this year? Maybe well, they, I think Laura Duffy's hit the nail on the head. The bee gangs are heading out to, uh, <laughs> heading to take. take <laughs> maybe they're going after the bin men. Yeah. Yeah. That would be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> as honey <laughs> um, <laughs> man, it's, it's, it's scary the world is changing like, <laughs> this is a scary world Andy yeah, like, it doesn't, yeah. look at like we, we started off tonight as the, the weather show and now we're finishing with planet earth it's fucking what, what a pot what a pot you know prepare to be educated on this pod yeah, it is um, but tell me about the time uh, no, but, go on. Last year, I got attacked by wasps. 
Davo, do you know this story? Oh, is this what happened to you when you were playing golf? <laughs> yeah, was in a match play, in a match. And I went, I went in, I went in to look uh, to look for somebody else's ball into the trees down the right of the tent. Because you were because you were straight down the middle. Oh. Of course. <laughs> as always. As always. And, uh, being a good sound uh opposition playing partner that I am, I went in to look for the, the man's ball and it uh, I stood in a wasp fucking nest. And you're lucky. You're lucky. Yeah. Well Very- I, I didn't feel so lucky. When I stood in it, I thought it was at the stand and like in a stinger because it was an immediate burning. So I just yeah. lifted my leg like, you know, I was stood in a stinger. And then the other fucking leg started. So I just legged it out of the trees onto the fairway. And there was loads of wasps on my legs. Loads of them, like hundreds of them. And they were going up into my shorts and all. <laughs> and I took out my T-shirt, like just, uh, stripped off my shorts on the on the fairway and just ran up the fairway in my boxer shorts. <laughs> and the, lad, the lads like were just wetting themselves laughing. And I had a, I had a hat on, so I was like, can they were looking for a, looking for a lake to jump into, and eventually they just they just fucked off. But it was it was absolutely fucking scary. Like that night when I was at home hopping into the shower, like I was roasting cold shower, and it was like beast or uh, wasp things all over my arse and everything. It was horrible, madness. Any pictures? No, I didn't take any. <laughs> that would have been a great picture to plug the cross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. wasp yeah. things. I hate wasps. Yeah. I hate them. Don't I like bees? Bees are happy. Oh, little they are. They're, no, wasps are fucking not, like scumbags. <laughs> yeah, scumbags. Yeah. Me <laughs> and and uh, up there, up there, up in the club, like it's it's not as bad at the moment. Stavo. maybe it's even before you joined, but uh, we had a real big problem with horse flies. They're the biggest yeah, scumbags no. of all. They're like yeah. of all them. They are horrible, horrible things. Horse flies. Have you ever seen them? They're like daddy long leg jokes. No, no, they're just big flies. They're just big, nasty looking flies. Like that you can see their teeth and all. Yeah, like, and they don't. You know when you do that with a fly, just heads off. The These things that encourages them. Yeah, encourages them. Oh, it does. They're like hi. Hey, Swat me, I'll show you. And they're, they're coming in. <laughs> and they always get you, like, no matter what, you'll have a big boiler on your neck. Oh, you know, horrible. And they get, you're standing over a drive, and the next thing you just, you, one of the bastards has had, it's too he's late. He's watching you. He's had to be he's, watching you. Like, he's, wait, he's waiting for your back yeah. swing, and then he come in and nail you. Interesting, Andy, yeah. you, did, you did ask about the bees. I know more about wasps than I know about bees now, to be yeah. fair. Right, because that's why. So August, the end of August, start of September, well, towards the start of August, start of September, that's when you have your issue with wasps. Because what happens is they become more active and they're getting towards the end of their life cycle. But the queen wasp in the nest kicks them all out, right? So they basically go in and they lay all their eggs and all their larvae, yeah. and they're all all in, in the nest, right? Um, and then she evicts every other single wasp that's in the nest in the nest, right? No, don't don't ask me how she does it unless she has like massive guns or something to kick them all out. But they all so then you have all these angry little wasps because remember there's only one queen, only one mm. female, and the rest are all male. So you have all these angry little oh, fuckers sent out, right? And they they basically they're flying off to die. That's essentially what's going on. So that's why as the month goes on, they become more aggressive um, in terms of what it is because they are they're just it's just like you know the way when you talk to an old man 
and he's pissed off all the time, right? So mm. that's what the wasps are like. They're going out and yeah. they're pissed off, and that's why they then start attacking anything that moves. And like, there's the myth, you know, this myth about bees when they sting you, they go off to die then because their stinger comes, gets pulled out of their bum, and that's what's left in your arm. Wasps have repeat stingers. They they like they've just got like mm. a, a they've basically a, an arrow that just keeps yeah. nipping wherever they want. They're little bastards. I hate wasps. Not like, it, all, not like a bee just sting. That's it. They're, they're out of there. They yeah. die. They leave yeah, their no, stinger bees, in there. These are just so, like, they're bang on compared to wasps. It's so weird, like... So if you want to kill a load of wasps, now, not, not that I'd encourage cruelty to animals or anything like that, but wasps aren't animals, they're little bollocks, right? So, like... But interestingly, wasps do have a function. They kill, you know, flies. Do they? they yeah, they, they eat flies. So, because this is one thing about them, wasps have a function in in nature's chain. They uh, kill mites and flies and stuff like that. You know, midges. You know the midges mm. that bite you. Yeah, yeah. They eat them. Mm. Now, the one we have to watch out for though is the Korean hornet. That's um, is it the African killer hornet or the uh, and the Asian killer hornet that they're scared is going to get into Europe because supposedly if they sting you, it's like hot lava going into your blood. That oh. like, this thing is lethal, and they're about that size, right? And they look a bit like a joint wasp, except one with one stripe on their back end, right? Um, but I what want to meet them at the tent, Andy. No, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't even be going in looking for my own ball if I knew they were lurking in there. But come here to me, if you see one of them, you have to report them to the ISPCA because they have to go in and find the nest and kill them all because if they get in, they're actually cannibals. Not cannibals, sorry. They're carnivorous. So they hunt wasps and bees and they oh. get in and they behead them and suck out their insides. And that's what they do. So now there you go. Oh, nature's mad, isn't it? Do you ever see the um like the the mortar at night time? The crows. No. So when all the crows land and they they, they take out the weakest crow member of the crow pack. Do you know about this? No. no. That's what they do every night. Another another time I was playing in the in the course at, at night time. It was the last to leave. I was just <laughs> practicing. That's and, uh, look look at the size of those bastards. Wow. That's an Asian joint hornet. If you see one of them, one don't get stung by them, and two report it to your local uh, ISPCA or RSPCA because they are literally the most dangerous thing um, around. Shane Downs asks, has there been a sighting in Europe, Phil? There was a sighting in Swords last September and they set alarm bells ringing and they couldn't find um they couldn't find the source of it, but there was a, there was a genuine something they found they, they did find one as well uh, the body of uh, a nation an Asian joint hornet so there you go <coughs> anyway all the crows right. I was I was uh, coming down the ninth devil and on the right hand side in the trees all the crowd was like thousands of them big massive crows like and there were, and i was thinking think to myself like if they're here for me i'm fucked because like there's no one here that, that, that they'll have me for breakfast but they all came down onto the fairway thousands of them and i just like collected down onto the seventh and just went got into my car there and fucked off but um when i was looking back they all just fucked off and just left one crow there in the middle they were all down to just bash one crow the weakest crow and that's what they do, apparently, all the time. The board man at Beach Park, Andy. Yeah. Right, so I hope you all have learned stuff in the chats tonight, which wasn't intended. We should should have talked about crows and wasps and bees, for more so probably than for the first hour of the podcast, but uh, that's been the crack. Um, 
as you said, the you see the hashtag of um, Sienna steps is over up past Andy's head. If I just reach reach I can't because I'd have to put my free hand there. Look in past Andy's head and out the far side. That's where you can see the hashtag that's on there, and you get all the details on the top of it. Um, this uh, has been the forum. I've been your host, Will Casey. Below me has been Shane Davern. Um, across this way is Ray Dicko Dickinson, um, new leader to DUP, um, and his <laughs> book is, is Saint George's Cross when he's finished. I'm oh, here. Sorry, one more, uh, just one Quick. more uh, uh, insecty kind of thing. Not an insect; it's a little fish. Because this this has put the shits up you. Because I know you like going out to the forty foot in your uh, and getting out into your but uh, dry suit, whatever you call it, your dry suit. Dry, 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 dry yeah. <laughs> there's, there's these new fish called uh, uh, waver weaver fish. They're not new. Look at the bastards. I know, yeah. And they hide See that thing on top? Yeah, yeah. they hide in up. the sand. And if you stand on that thing, you're fucked. Yeah, and the, 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 tip, the tip that uh, that anyone have is never go never go swimming near low tide, particularly towards the end of August and September, because that's when right. you get the lowest tides and that's when you have all the weaver fish are always at the edge of the low tide mark. So never go swimming around that time. Um, and then also jellyfish around that time. But we'll come back to it. We'll, around September, August, we'll, go, we'll do a full jellyfish because Dublin has some strange jellyfish, including box jellyfish knocking around around yeah. September time. Yeah, so you need to be careful. Right, um, that has been the yeah. podcast. That's been you remember that. there with the, with the last bit that was going on. I've been your host, Phil Casey. That's been the forum. Good night. God bless. We'll talk to you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.